0: tonight we're going to start a new series on prayer, uh, specifically prayer that gets results. We're going to be talking about how to get answered prayer. You know, I did um, a video several years back and there were so many people that were trying to find out about unanswered prayer. Why aren't my prayers getting heard? Why isn't this happening? And I was amazed. I had actually put this on YouTube and the number of people that had watched that literally within 24 hours was absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm just going to get into this and kind of teach you about how to get results. You know, nobody wants to pray and pray and pray and do a, a hit and miss fashion. I remember when I was just very young in the Lord, I was saying, boy. Lord, I'll be be glad when I see this work, you know, five times out of 10. I thought that would be, you know, pretty good. And then later I got brave enough to say, you know, maybe seven or eight times out of 10. But listen, there's a way to get your prayers answered uh, if you do it God's way. So let's open our Bibles up. We're going to get into this training session. Again, this is equip up, taking it to the next level. And so let's get into the Word of God. Uh, 1 John, I'm going to start there. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. I'm going to read from the New International Version. It says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Now this is a this is really confident and it and it starts out that way, you know, uh John is saying this is the confidence that we have or this is the confidence that you could say it this way that we can have in him. You know, a lot of people aren't confident when it comes to praying and and, and asking God to do something. They're not confident, and there's a reason why. But I'm going to talk to you tonight In this session, and we'll do several, we're going to talk about uh, how to get the prayers answered. We're going to talk about why we can be confident, and we're going to show you how to do this according to the Word of God, according to the will of God, and that way you're not just praying. Uh, Too many people are just throwing prayers of desperation up and it's kind of like uh, a scatter shot, you know, if you're familiar with a shotgun. You know you have a short short barrel on that gun and you shoot and it just flies everywhere and you know maybe something will hit hit the target hit it somewhere hit something out there in the field as it spreads out well we don't want to live our Christian life like that you don't want to live in such a way that you are just hoping things will work now we can be confident and I like this now let me give you just a little definition as you study this word out from the Strong's it's pretty simple This word confidence, it means a boldness or a fearlessness, an unreservedness in speech that compels you to do something. This is a cheerful courage. It's an assurance. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 13, it says, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. John talks about having a confidence, and and Jesus here says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we're not coming in our own name. We're not coming in somebody else's name, but we're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. I remember when I first started out, I wasn't sure, which way does this go? You know, do I just Do I just pray to Jesus? Do I pray to the Father? Well, Jesus said right here, John 14, and whatever you ask in my name. Well, well, who are you asking? Well, you're asking the Father. You know, Scripture says that uh, no man will come to the Father except by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, John 15, 8, he said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And so notice he talks about words, desire, and his name. He tells us here, if you abide or if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you'll ask what you will and it'll be done for you. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus makes an amazing statement. He says, And all things, uh, 21 verse 22, and all things, whatever you shall ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So here, these scriptures are laying things out for us that we need to get a hold of. If you're going to see a successful prayer life, if you're going to get answers to prayer, if you're going to pray and get results, you've got to do it according to God's word. Here, John talks about having a confidence in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will. Now, a lot of people are just like, well, I don't know if it's his will or not. Well, wait a minute. He says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, and we know we have the petitions we've desired of him. Well, number one in John 14, he said, whatever you ask in my name, So he's shown us to come in his name. Then we move on and he says, if my words abide in you or remain in you, you know, if the word of God isn't yours, if you haven't made God's word, your word, in other words, if this hasn't become a part of your life where you say what the commandments say, what the word of God say, what the promises of God say, if you are not taking that word and say that pertains to me, that belongs to me. This is what I have. This is what God said. And this belongs to me. If you don't think that way, then you're going to, you're not going to have the confidence you need to have. Uh, You know, Hebrews uh, four, it tells us to come boldly into the throne of grace. A lot of people don't come boldly. They come timidly. They come, you know, like I'm just this poor, worthless worm. And what what would God want to do for me? I mean, look at all my mistakes. Listen, the way that that we come to him boldly is realizing that our standing with God, our fellowship with God was bought, it was purchased with the precious blood of Christ. And if you come understanding the in him, in Christ, in whom realities of the New Testament, then you'll discover that it wasn't by works of righteousness, which we have done Titus three, five, but by his grace and mercy saved us. So my standing with God, it's not full of holes. It's not full of, you know, little different things here and there and little catches where God was like, well, you know, I don't know. No, our redemption was purchased with the blood of Christ so that God could draw us to himself, so that God could have a fellowship with us, so that God could do for us. God's not trying to keep you at a distance. He's not trying to withhold with you from you, and God is no respecter of persons. You know, James says, basically teaching us in the book of James, it's a sin if we're doing that. So God's not sinning against his own kids. He's not, you know, well, I kind of like that one, but you don't like the way you look and I'm not going to do that for you. And uh, yeah, I I guess I'll do something for you. God's not picking and choosing. Things aren't working for some believers and not for others because God's playing favorites. That's not what's happening. The scripture says, this is the confidence. You ever notice some people when they talk, They're very confident about what they say about God and his word, and they they act like it's already done. That's because they have believed the promise. That's because they've taken it to heart. That's because when they speak this word of God, they've already been meditating on it. They've already been thinking about it. They've been feeding their spirit on it, and they realize this is part of the redemption plan for man. God's promises belong to us. And so, really, you need to get into God's word. You need to be feeding on God's word. And you need to be seeing what God has to say uh, about you and I and what He promises us. And these things were done because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we come in His name. We're simply saying, In light of what Jesus has done, I'm coming because Jesus did this and Jesus did that. You know, the Bible says that uh, Galatians 3.13, that Christ has redeemed us. It uses that word redeem. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, the curse of the broken law is sickness, poverty, spiritual death. Now, if I've been redeemed from those things, well, then I don't have to live poor. I don't have to live sick. And I don't, you know, have to live estranged or apart, separated from God. I don't have to live that way. It's the opposite of that. Jesus said, the thief, John 10, 10, the thief, well, here's why he comes. It's to steal and it's to kill and it's to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So if we're not experiencing the abundant life, if we're not having abundance of peace and if we're not having the joy of God, and if we're not having the strength of God and we're not enjoying what Jesus is paid for, it's probably because either we don't know about it or we lost sight of it. Now. Again, this is the confidence or the fearlessness. I like this, this word. He said, the unreservedness. I'm not reserved at all. I'm not holding back. I'm not standing there timid. I'm not going, boy, I sure hope God will look my way. You know, <laughs> people, people said jokingly, well, you know, may the Lord take a liking to you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, did you know you're a whosoever? Whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. It's the will of God for you and I to prosper in Christ, to be alive spiritually, to be free from the power of darkness. And, you know, the Bible says in Colossians 1.13 that he's translated us out of the kingdom of darkness. It literally means he's He's lifted us up and removed us from one place to another. Not only are you lifted and raised up out of the kingdom of darkness, but you're translated, transported, you're moved over into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And the Bible says, 2 Corinthians five seventeen: If any man means woman too, be in Christ. You're a new creation and old things are passed away. So you're not that same old person on the inside that you once were. When you receive eternal life, the Bible says you become a new creation in Christ. And verse 18, 2 Corinthians five eighteen says, and all things are of God. So you don't have a little bit of devil in you. What you've all got, every believer, every Christian has is flesh. Flesh <laughs> can be selfish. Flesh can be cranky. Flesh can be mean. Flesh. And an unrenewed mind, if you don't renew your mind with the word of God, then even though your spirit man is regenerate, the life and nature of God in it, you're still going to have this flesh and an unrenewed mind to contend with. And that's pretty hard to do, especially when... Uh, people live most of their time by what we see and hear. We live in a world, you know, where we're always seeing and hearing and looking and doing. But, you know, if we don't get ourselves uh, renewed and bring a, a new system of lifestyle and morality given to us by God, we won't even realize what we've been made on the inside. We won't know that we're new creatures except that we know we accepted Christ but we won't realize the power of it. We won't realize the power of this redemption that we have because we're ignorant of what God has said, and that's why it's so important that you renew your mind. Remember what the scriptures said, uh, Romans twelve two. Don't be conformed to this world. Uh, Literal translation is don't be squeezed into its mold. And I'll tell you right now, the world system some wicked world system is trying to squeeze people into its mold. Even even right now in our own nation, there are things that are happening right now that are trying to squeeze people into a mold to fit an agenda of selfish man, not the things of God. But if we get our mind renewed with God's word, we won't be squeezed into the mold, but we'll be transformed Will be renewed, will be changed. On the inside, yes, you have the life and nature of God, but if your soulish realm is still tainted with, with the world's way of thinking, for instance, you'll hear people, you even see it on billboards. Well, seeing is believing. God's word teaches that believing is seeing. If you're going to wait to see it before you're going to believe it, you're never going to have anything in God. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. Isn't that what Jesus said to the disciples? They believed on him. Here comes doubting Thomas. He said, I'm not going to believe it until I see the hole in his side and the holes in his hands. I'm not going to believe it. Then when Jesus come in the upper room and he walks right through the wall and, you know, here's Thomas and he sees him. He said, oh, my Lord, my God. And he said, Thomas. You believe because you've seen, but blessed are those who believed and yet have not seen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, Faith in God will begin where the will of God is known. And if you don't have faith in God, uh, let me say it this way. If you don't have faith in his word, you're not going to have faith in God. If you don't know what his word is, you can't possibly know God. If you don't know God's word, you can't possibly know his will because God watches over his word to perform it. That's what he told Jeremiah 33, three. He told him, uh, we, we even see in Mark chapter 16, you go down to, uh, verse 20. Uh, you know, Jesus was taken up out of their sight, you know, a couple verses before. And as he's lifted up, it said in verse 20, and they, the disciples went everywhere, preaching the word, Remember that said they went and preached the word, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to be strong in God, if you want to see answers to prayer, if you want prayer that gets results, it has to be prayer that's based on the word of God. Prayer is not begging let me say it again. Prayer is not begging. You're not begging God to do anything. And listen, you're not trying to talk God into something. If I pray according to his word, 1 Corinthians tells us that the promises of God, I believe it's 120, they're yes in him and amen to the glory of God. God's promises are already have a yes to it. God's not going to go, Oh, let me think about, it. you know, it's been a long time since anyone asked me that. Let me see. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe no. The Bible says they're yes and amen. And if I have God's promise, I already know his answer. It's always yes. It's, it's an automatic yes. Whatever God has paid for through the redemption of Christ Whatever the blood of Jesus has paid for, for you and I, this precious redemption plan, this good news, that's why it's called the gospel, whatever he has accomplished and paid for, it's revealed in the word of God. But without a knowledge of the scriptures, I can't possibly know what even belongs to me. I can't be assured of my stand in God. You know, there's too many people today who they're unsure if God completely uh, unconditionally just loves them they don't even know it for sure and so they're stumbling they're um, they're living a life based on performance if they read the scriptures if they go to church enough you know everything's cool but if they miss if something happens or maybe uh, you know maybe they felt like they should be praying tonight and just seeking God and they watched a movie instead. And then they promised to do it, you know, the next day and the next day came and things came up and they weren't able to do it then. And the next thing you know, it just snowballed through the week. And by the end of a week and a half, they're just feeling all kinds of condemned. And they're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm so messed up and I really need an answer. And I need God to help me out right now. And he's probably not going to because I haven't been reading. I haven't been praying. And and after all, I was going to do this. And they're all into performance. They don't even know their redemption's been bought and paid for. You know, everyone can make a mistake. Everyone can have situations happen like that. But our redemption is not based on our performance. It's based on the performance of Christ, what he has already done for us. And so that's why John said, John knew this. That's why he said, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will... Then he hears us. Well, of course he hears you. Why does he hear you? It's his will. All you're doing is just like the book of Isaiah. He said, put me in remembrance. Uh, Another way to say that in the Hebrew language is to state forth your cause. God told us to put him in remembrance of his word. Well, if I come with his word and I say, Heavenly Father, um, Philippians 4.19 uh, it says that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so you say, Father, I have this need. Uh, this is what the situation is. And Father, I just thank you right now. See, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna ask him to do what he's already promised to do like I'm trying to talk him into it. No, what I'm gonna do is go my way thanking him. Thank you, Father, that according to Philippians 4.19, you supply all my need according to your riches and glory. Thank you, Father, that this need that I have, I trust you right now with it to meet this need. And I thank you according to this word, it's done for me. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I believe that I receive this. I take this to myself. I take it to heart. It's mine. And I walk away happy. The Bible tells us, Philippians 4, 6, not to fret or have any anxiety or worry about anything, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What happens? Verse eight, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. See, if you want the peace, you gotta ask according to the word. And if you're asking according to the word, you ought to be happy about it. You ought to be giving thanks, not worrying. You should be giving thanks. Why, why am I gonna worry that God's not gonna do uh, what he said he would do. Many years ago, uh, I don't know, I was probably maybe two, three, four years, maybe even five out of Bible school. And I remember that uh, one one of the characteristics of my earthly father, when he told me he was going to do something, uh, when I was going to school, you know, he was helping out financially here and there, and uh, the church was helping out. But from time to time, you know, there'd be special needs, things that would come up. And, uh, I'd, I'd just be praying and, and believe in God and trust in God. And, 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 you know, several times the Lord would use him and, and he'd just call, see how I'm doing, what's going. He goes, well, um, you need anything? I just wondering if you need, you know, any shirts or socks or something like this. Well, he didn't know. Yep. I totally do. And I was like, well, you know, and, and so I, I told him I did and He said, well, um, I, I'm going to send you some money to get that and uh, it'll be in the mail Monday. You should get it by Wednesday. Well, I didn't go away from that phone call thinking, sure hope he meant that. I mean, what if he changed his mind or something? No, I never thought like that. I got happy. I mean, if I had had to you know, get this thing taken care of? What if, you know, graduation pictures are coming or something, you you know, from Bible school and and I needed that shirt and he said this and he said he'd send the money and it'd be there and I'd be able to get that shirt in plenty of time. Well, I went my way rejoicing. I didn't think about it anymore, except for the fact that I'll be looking for that check in the mail. But you know, when it came to the promises of God, I'd go to the Father, believe him. I'm not telling a living soul. I'm just telling him. And Oh, here comes those thoughts. They come to your mind. You really think that's going to work? What if that doesn't happen? Oh, you you say you believe, you receive, but wh- well, what if it doesn't happen for you? Now that's that, that's happened for other people, you know. I, uh, but what about you? It might not happen for you. All that stuff would come, and you know, sometimes I'd go back into prayer and I'd, you know, say thank you, Lord. This is what you said, and da da da, and then. Then when it didn't come as soon as I thought it ought to, you know, and it still hadn't arrived, nothing had manifested, I might start questioning. And one day he sat me down he said, um, when your father says he's going to send you some money and he tells you when he's going to do it and when it's going to come, he said, you don't have any concerns whatsoever. You go away happy and rejoicing. And sometimes you even tell people, oh, yeah, I'll have the money. I'll be able to do this. Yep, no problem. He said, then you come over here with me and you don't believe it like you believe your father's word. Well, I was convicted. I, said, oh, I couldn't deny it, <laughs> but you know, a confidence comes by reading God's word and seeing what God has said. But here's, here's what makes this happen. You've got to believe it to the point where you'll act on it. You know, I rejoiced in my earthly father's word because I believed in it. But over time, I learned to believe in the in the Word of the Living God. Now, somebody said, "Well, does God just settle up every Friday night?" No, it doesn't always happen just every Friday night. Sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes you're standing. The Bible says, "Having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth." So if you if you've based your prayers and your work, your confidence in God on His Word, you've got a solid foundation to stand on. Remember, Jesus said. Uh, You know, a wise man, he'll build his life on the rock. Now, he wasn't wasn't talking about uh, a physical rock. He was really teaching them about the revelation of Jesus Christ, his redemption, and what he would do for us. And he said, if you build your house on that, when the storms of life come against you, he said, you'll be like a man that built his house on a rock. The floods came, the rains fell, the storms, the winds blew, and everything happened when it was all said and done. The house was still standing. The house is you. And if you still want to be strong and solid when temptation comes and the winds are blowing and things are happening that are contrary and are mocking you, you better be standing on the word of God. You better be firmly fixed on the promise of God's word. It's the word of God that builds the confidence. So square one, you've got to get God's word firmly fixed down on the inside of you. You know, many times people say, and you'll hear them say, well, what if it what if it doesn't work? If people are talking like that, they don't have that word firmly planted inside their spirit. They they haven't come to the place where they're fully persuaded. Romans chapter 4, verse uh 17, 18 through 20, it talks about Abraham's faith. And it says, uh let, let's just turn there. I could sit here and quote all this, but let's just go ahead and turn uh, to Romans chapter four, and we're going to look uh verse 17. We'll just start there. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That is so powerful. There's such a A lesson in that alone right there do you know it's okay according to the Word of God to declare that you have what the Word says you have even before you can see it that's what faith is God does it and if God does it we can do it we're supposed to be following the Lord Jesus Christ following in his footsteps he says here verse 18 who contrary to hope King James says against hope I almost like that a little better it says against hope he believed in hope. In other words, there was no more reason, no more precedence to have any hope that what God had promised would come to pass in the natural, but he wasn't hanging on to the natural circumstances. It said so that he believed he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Think about this guy. Here's, here's, you know, Abraham. He receives this promise. He's almost a hundred years old. Here's his wife right behind him. And God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And they don't even have any kids. Now, this is going to take an act of God or isn't nothing happening. There are so many reasons why in the natural this would not happen that I don't even need to get into. They're pretty obvious. And yet, Abraham became fully persuaded. Notice verse 20. It said, he did not waver. Remember what what James said? Or let me rephrase that, what the Spirit of God said through James. He said, a double-minded man he's like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the winds. He said, let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord for a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The way you bring stability into your Christian life is through the word of God that's got the power in it to cause you to be stable because the word itself is stable. What do you mean? How do you know? Jesus said the heavens and the earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Now, because the word of God is already stable and solid and steadfast, you know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah that God said, I decreed a thing and it stood fast. Well, if God and his word are solid and stable, then if we build our lives on that word and on its truth, and that's where our faith is, and God is who we're trusting, and we believe this word that he's given us, his promise that he's made, then we're gonna be stable, and we are going to be solid. Here, uh, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Well, he says, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened or strong in faith giving glory to God verse 21 and being fully convinced or fully persuaded that what he God had promised he was also able to perform you've got to believe that with God nothing shall be impossible and you have to believe that all things are possible to him that believes that's what Jesus said If I don't have God's word, I don't have any foundation. I don't have anything to keep me solid. I don't have anything to anchor me down in the storms of life. And believe me, they are going to come. If you haven't learned that yet, you will. If you're going to walk a faith life, if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to walk in the supernatural provision of God and see prayers that get results, you're going to have opposition. The enemy will come. Circumstances will mock you. Uh, You'll be in situations at times where it seems like you're about to go under. But if your faith and your confidence and your life has been in this cycle of standing on God's word and trusting God's word, and you've built God's word into your heart, then you are going to be solid. You're going to be strong. And even though things are blowing and hammering against you, you're gonna say, I do not care. What God said will come to pass. Paul was being taken prisoner on his way to Rome, and he had warned these sailors and the captain of the ship and the governor and told him, You know what, guys, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with a lot of hurt and damage. But Scripture says when the south wind was blowing softly, they had supposed, they had obtained their purpose And so they loosed from Crete and set sail. But after a short while, the clouds blew in, the sky grew dark, the winds kicked up, and they got in a storm. And that storm kept on going for two weeks. It said many days, 14 days, neither sun nor stars had shown. Could you imagine being out on the water for two weeks in a rotten storm in an old boat? (laughs) Back in Jesus' day, my gosh, these guys, it said, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But Paul stood forth in the midst of them and he said, be of good cheer. I said, here comes the lunatic. No, they knew he's the one who said, I told you. Paul said, I told you so. He said, you should have listened to me and not have loosed the ship from Crete. He said, but be of good cheer. There's... Uh, The angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, stood by me this night and said, fear not, Paul. Fear not, Paul. And told him that they would be saved. And he said, wherefore, sirs, for this reason, I believe God, it shall be even as it was told me. And you know, when you're solid on God's word, when you have the word of God firmly planted in your heart, you've been feeding on it, meditating on it, believing it, confessing its truth is so, and 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 it's... It's the reality of your life. Well then you'll be solid. You'll be the one who will be still standing after the storm. You won't be buckling and caving in and falling apart like a cheap two dollar suitcase and running to everybody in town. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Oh my gosh, you guys pray for me. You know, when I hear people say, Yeah, I know God's word works and you know, and they quote some promise of God, you know, maybe it's for healing or something, and and then when things don't look right Oh, they start to wilt like a like a flower in the hot sun it's because the word's not firmly planted it hasn't taken root i'm not trying to make fun of them i'm just saying i've seen too many people who are shouting and jumping up and down but just like the scripture says mark chapter 4 around verse 25 jesus talks about the parable of the sower he said here's these ones because they have no depth of earth, they have no root in them. He said, when persecution comes for the word's sake, immediately they are offended and they fall away. And that's what the devil is going to try to do. When you step out onto the word of God, when you begin to confess God's word, you pray that word, you might not get out of your house or you might not get out of your car and cross the parking lot before some crazy rogue thought hits your mind telling you the very opposite of what you just prayed and what you just rejoiced and told Jesus thank you it's done amen and then this thought comes like how's that ever going to happen you know anybody that I ever worked for look you know look at this late hour I mean you really think that'll come in time you really think that'll happen for you I mean who do you think you are well you're a child of the living God and Jesus gave his life for you and I so that we could walk in the blessings of God, of the redemption that he laid his life down for. Hey, we're going to pick up on this next session. We're going to continue to talk about prayer that gets results. We want you to get established in the word. We want you to be solid in the word. Take time to meditate on God's promises. Don't just get something out of the little, what is it, the little scripture box or something, you know, something you stick on your refrigerator. No, take time to, to read God's word and take, take a verse of scripture and just go, Holy Spirit, help me see what I'm not seeing in this verse. And find, find scriptures. Let me leave you with this. If you're going to pray, if you're going to believe God, if you're going to stand in faith, well, find a scripture that promises you the things you're believing God for.